This is Dan Fleisch, and this is the first podcast for Chapter 2 of A Student's Guide to Maxwell's Equations. This one deals with Gauss's Law for Magnetic Fields, and exactly as we did in the first chapter for Electric Fields, we'll talk first about the integral form of Gauss's Law, and then we'll talk about the differential form. The relevant section of the text begins on page 43. If you compare Gauss's law for magnetic fields with his law for electric fields, you'll notice that the form is very similar, but the contents are quite different. In both cases, the left side of the equation is flux, in this case the flux of the magnetic field through a closed surface, but when you look at the right side, there's a fundamental difference. In this case, it's zero. And that comes about because the sources of the electrostatic field and the magnetostatic field are very different. As described in Chapter 1, electrostatic fields begin on positive electric charge and terminate on negative electric charge. As you're going to see in this chapter, magnetic field lines are very different. Instead of originating and terminating at specific points, magnetic field lines loop back on themselves. That behavior is directly related to the fact that we can't separate north and south magnetic poles like you can separate positive and negative electric charge. And since north and south magnetic poles always come in pairs, it's impossible to define a surface that encloses only one type of magnetic pole. That has a significant impact on Gauss's law for magnetic fields, as we'll discuss in this chapter. The integral form of Gauss's law for magnetic field is written toward the bottom of page 43, and it looks almost identical to the version for the electric field. And just as in the case of the electric field, the left side is the integral over a closed surface of the field dot n hat dA. That is, the magnetic flux over a closed surface is the left side of Gauss's law. If you're fuzzy on why that describes magnetic flux, you should look back in chapter 1 where electric flux is first described, and things like the dot product, the unit normal vector, and the area over a surface are all defined in some detail. And as we said in chapter one, one way to think of the flux through a surface is the number of field lines that penetrate that surface. So the left side of the integral form of Gauss's law for magnetic field is simply the magnetic flux over a closed surface S. Since the right side of Gauss's law for magnetic fields is zero, you should understand the statement in the box on the top of page 44 that is the main idea of Gauss's law for magnetic fields. It says the total magnetic flux passing through any closed surface is zero. In the paragraph after that, you can read about the fact that the size of the surface doesn't matter, the shape doesn't matter, the total magnetic flux is always zero if the surface is closed. Now notice that this does not mean that no magnetic field lines can penetrate that surface. Remember, flux is a two-way street. For a closed surface, outward flux is considered positive and inward flux is considered negative. So there may well be many magnetic field lines penetrating this closed surface, but however many penetrate it going in, there must be an exactly equal number penetrating it going out. And of course that has to be because these lines loop back on themselves. So any line that enters the volume enclosed by the surface must also leave the volume enclosed by the surface. Hence, the total magnetic flux through any closed surface must be zero. In the middle of page 44, you see the expanded view in which the meaning of each symbol is called out. You see there's a surface integral with the circle around it, meaning it's over a closed surface S. Then there's B with the vector hat. That's the vector magnetic field. It has both a magnitude and direction. Its units are Teslas. The dot product tells you to find the component of B that is in the direction of N hat, where N hat is the unit vector normal to the surface, and dA is the area increment over which the integral is being performed. 
The paragraph immediately following the expanded view of the equation should help you understand why Gauss's law for magnetic fields is true. It just reiterates the fact that since magnetic poles always occur in pairs, can't make a surface enclosing only one type or the other, and therefore, however much positive flux you have through that surface, you must have an equal amount of negative flux such that the total flux is always zero. And the final bit on page 44 just explains that since you know that the total magnetic flux through any closed surface must be zero, you may be able to use that fact to solve some problems involving fairly complicated surfaces. If you know the flux through one portion of the surface, you may be able to determine the flux through the rest simply by applying Gauss's law, knowing that the total flux must be zero. There will be plenty of examples of that in this chapter, but the next section discusses the magnetic field itself.